0: chapter sixteen of wanted by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter sixteen waiting that was the way the interview had to end the poor weak frame unused to self-control and unused to excitement was overcome by the violence of her emotion and mrs mackenzie was presently borne fainting to bed mrs payne bending over her with the solicitude which a mother feels for a helpless child and between her anxious ministrations and soothing words bestowing sundry suspicious glances on rebecca and broadly hinting that something injudicious must have been said or done as the invalid felt unusually well when she left her she added glumly that something always did happen as sure as she left her for a few minutes "'Goodness knew she wished she was made of rubber or leather or something "'and didn't ever have to leave her. "'You see, she is just like a child,' explained Mrs. Payne, "'half-apologetically, later in the day. "'She hasn't got any strength of body or mind left, "'and she has to be humored and petted. "'You can't say anything moral to her, and you needn't try. "'This last with a severe look.' goodness knows i've tried it until i've pretty near killed her he had a notion that her moral nature ought to be roused and i did my best but i told him then that she hadn't any to rouse and she hasn't she has just used it all up the thing to be done with her is to take care of her day and night just as you would a sick baby and be patient with her and keep her away from folks that sympathize with her so much if they are willing to help kill her I dread the summer, I'm sure. There will be new servants to keep watch of, and other boarders. There is always some little wretch of a boy who is ready to do any kind of an errand for a few pennies. I'm always worn entirely out by the time summer is over. Are you going into the country with us? I hope to goodness that you are. You don't know what a mercy it is to have somebody to speak to who understands.' rebecca could only respond that she did not know there had been no plans made for the summer she was heavy-hearted she had hoped so much from her effort and had seemed to fail so utterly perhaps she would have no other opportunity to help this woman whose burden seemed to have been laid on her own soul for among mrs payne's other disheartening sentences had been one hinting that her patient was in the habit of having strong aversions for certain people who had undertaken to rouse her moral nature and refusing to see them again what if this should be her experience and then she remembered with a thrill of infinite relief that she had nothing to do with the result of her effort save to take it to him who had directed her to make it such relief did this girl find in her refuge that she wondered how it had been possible for her to have lived all these years practically without prayer do you wonder at the change which had suddenly come to her if you do you belong to those to whom it is impossible to explain the phenomena of prayer it does not take the lord a long time to secure full possession of a soul which has been surrendered to him but the effect which communion with him will have upon such a soul can only be understood by those who try it for themselves in a very short time it became evident that no such result as mrs Payne had hinted at was to follow the honest effort to speak the truth so far from taking an aversion to rebecca mrs mackenzie asked for her almost constantly would have been glad indeed to have kept her with her and allowed herself to be guided by her wishes in a way that bewildered mrs payne not a great deal of time could be given to her of course for lillian needed her nurse's care and neither child nor nurse were disposed to give up their rights in this respect nor did the master of the house approve i am very grateful to your kindness to mrs mackenzie he said in his gravest most business-like tone and i am glad that she finds a pleasure in your attendance whatever of your leisure you choose to give her will not be forgotten i assure you but of course lillian is your first care and i am glad to feel sure that you will not neglect her for any other interest and now the days were more than full for rebecca could not but be sure at last that she was wanted in a peculiar sense by the half-insane woman who clung to her she planned to give her every moment of waking time which was honestly her own and strove by every means in her power to awaken the dormant conscience into life it is true she could not feel that she was making much headway the almost daily arguments which she held with the weak woman were mere repetitions of one another but one thing had certainly been gained mrs mackenzie was beginning to understand that she must speak the truth with this new attendant mrs payne who was well acquainted with the peculiar influence on the moral nature of the drug which her patient took had long ago ceased to expect the truth and received the most unreasonable and contradictory statements with good-humoured semblance of belief mr mackenzie on the contrary had been so repulsed by this phase of the disease that he was in the habit of cutting short the calls which he punctiliously made at stated intervals and leaving her abruptly as soon as her lapses from fact became apparent rebecca did neither of these things she looked the invalid calmly in the eye and said quietly quite as if she were making a most commonplace statement mrs mackenzie that is not true nothing is gained by telling me what we both know is false Mrs. Mackenzie looked at her curiously one evening, when she had said something of the kind, and after a moment's silence replied, with a slight laugh, "'You are a very queer girl. How is it that you dare to say such things to me? Even Dean doesn't. Still, I rather like it. You are in earnest. But are you sure you are right? What is truth?' are not statements which are partially false more near the truth after all than that which passes for truth i wonder why i do not speak exact truth i seem to dislike it sometimes just because it is truth i actually take some pains to invent falsehood even when the truth might serve me better what do you suppose is the matter with me sin said rebecca with quiet voice and steady eyes Sin. What a horrid word! Even Dr. Carter did not use it the last time I let him preach to me. He said that I was a victim of a diseased mind. When the mind is diseased, how can one help what one does? How is it that you dare to call it sin, as though I were to blame? Are you under orders to say such things to me? Yes, dear madam, always under orders. You have a moral disease called sin, and the only physician who can cure you has sent me to tell you the absolute truth sometimes from these talks she would lapse into the self-debased state calling herself harder names than any rebecca would ever have used and weeping bitterly until she exhausted herself and mrs payne would have to be summoned sometimes instead she would grow angry and order the girl from her sight but in either case rebecca would invariably be sent for before many hours in these ways the weeks passed and the early summer was upon them preparations were making for departure into a quiet summer home in the country and mrs payne was shaking her head ominously and dreading the change whenever she had opportunity for a quiet word with rebecca she will be a great deal worse you see if she won't she always manages to get hold of more of it in the country than at any other time i wish we could just stay in town i don't believe the heat would kill her you and lillian might go to the country and mr mackenzie could run down once a week and leave us here to fight it out she won't hear to such a course that is the reason it is never tried and dr carruthers says she would run down he is afraid and we must just redouble our vigilance while she is in the country i'd like to know how we are going to do it unless we tie her up in her room and let her see nobody but our two selves it is my belief even then that she would get hold of the stuff somehow she does hear you know in spite of us every once in a while the sharpness of the woman is something wonderful mrs payne was so relieved to have the silence of years taken from her that rebecca was in a fair way to hear in detail all the sorrows and perplexities of these years it had been decided without many words that rebecca was to go to the country with them mr mackenzie had sent for her one evening to have a business interview but something had evidently moved him from his usual calm for all he said was you understand that we are to go to the country next week rebecca i know you will not desert my little lillian and her poor mother am i not right and rebecca the tears starting in her eyes from sympathy with the burdened man murmured that she would be glad to stay if she was wanted and made haste from the room but the bustle of preparation for removal was interrupted lillian who had retired at seven in apparent health awakened at midnight so ill that Rebecca promptly summoned first the housekeeper, and then the father. Before the next day's sun had fairly risen, Nancy had informed every member of the anxious household that she guessed Miss Lillian was awful sick, that Dr. Carruthers shook his head and looked scared and anxious when she asked about her, and she heard him, with her own ears, tell Mrs. Barnett that he was afraid Lillian was going to have the fever, for it was in this neighborhood and he was afraid it would go hard with her for the child had no consideration rebecca who overheard this statement was too heavy-hearted to laugh at the mistake for she knew that nancy meant constitution and that it was too sadly true how could the child of such a mother be expected to have a constitution to resist disease those sweet june days which followed one another in long drawn-out beauty for years afterwards rebecca could not smell the breath of june roses and feel the glory of the perfect june weather without a little shiver of recollection mercifully the intense heat which often visited the city early in june was spared them and if anybody had had heart to analyze the weather it would have been found simply perfect but hearts and hands were full the fever burned and burned with such fierceness that it seemed as though it must burn away the little life if there had been any doubt before it was now made very apparent that rebecca meredith was wanted in the sense of being needed in this house lillian clung to her with almost frantic insistence and in her delirium turned at times even from her father to throw herself into the arms of her nurse day after day and night after night the strain went on rebecca leaving her charge only for the few moments which necessity required and being often even then summoned from the cup of tea she was hastily swallowing with the word that lillian was screaming for her night after night the poor father hung over his darling in silent agony doing what he could and when he could and when the child demanded rebecca yielding his place to her with a meekness that went to her woman's heart none of those most closely concerned questioned the doctor there was no need he was a friend as well as physician and his face told the story of his fears to nancy whose anxieties became so great that she conquered her fear even of the stern doctor he said briefly it is impossible to tell what the result will be certainly she is very ill nothing is ever gained by denying facts but people have been very ill before and have recovered see to it that you do your part my girl and nancy understood him well enough to cry her eyes and nose very red but she tried faithfully to follow his advice until rebecca learned to call for her when she wanted something within the limit of her capacity done swiftly and well she even remembered one day to commend her and took a moment's time to wonder over the sudden light which illumined the girl's face and to query whether it could be that she had never been commended before very little attention did business receive at the hands of mr mackenzie during these weeks of watching a half hour twice a day spent in the library in conference with his partner was the utmost that the outside world secured from him then he went regularly twice a day to mrs mackenzie's room for the rest he was either at lillian's bedside or waiting in the next room for a call thither a wonderful helper did rebecca find him sometimes lillian seemed to know him then he was invaluable no arms could rest her like his and no hand but his could give medicine or nourishment he lived for those intervals of recognition but for the most part the burden of nursing fell heavily upon rebecca there was a trained nurse in attendance but she was simply useful in advising and in watching for changes lillian seeming from the very first to consider her an interloper with whom she meant to have nothing to do occasionally somebody said that rebecca was overdoing once the doctor looked sharply at her and said YOU MUST GET SOME REST TODAY AND A FEW MINUTES IN THE OUTSIDE AIR. THEN MR. Mackenzie HAD TURNED ANXIOUS EYES ON HER, AND SAID, YES, DO TRY TO GET A LITTLE REST. IF YOU SHOULD BREAK DOWN, WHAT SHOULD BECOME OF HER? BUT REBECCA HAD ANSWERED QUIETLY, EVEN PUTTING A BRAVE SMILE ON HER FACE, THAT SHE SHOULD NOT BREAK DOWN. SHE RESTED QUITE OFTEN IN HER CHAIR. THEY WERE NOT TO WORRY ABOUT HER in her heart she meant that she should not break down until there was no further need for her watchfulness for poor rebecca had given up all hope of the little life had not eile died and eile was a stronger child than lillian and had inherited a good constitution there came at last a terrible day when the cries of delirium were hushed and the cheeks which had so long been crimson were deathly in their pallor and the heavy sleep into which the little sufferer fell was so like death that those who watched knew without trying to read the physician's impassive face that the awful crisis of the disease was upon them the day itself was breathless the first very warm day of the season the sun seemed fierce and pitiless and it seemed as though he stood still in the heavens and let the hours of almost an eternity roll on without another night so terrible was it to sit by that still sleeper and feel that there was nothing to be done but wait and to know almost to a certainty for what they were waiting on this day when mr mackenzie was informed that his business partner was waiting to see him he shook his head tell him to do whatever he thinks wise about everything he said i cannot talk with him to-day so the man went away with grave troubled face and people outside knew that mr mackenzie had very little hope of his daughter mrs payne whose patient had had an ill turn just before lillian sickened and who had seen but little of the child stole in during the day and stood watching her for a few minutes then went softly out the tears rolling down her cheeks and they knew that mrs payne felt that she had said good-bye to lillian into the midst of this solemn waiting which was so much harder to bear than activity came a break there was a sudden confusion outside doors opened and closed less noiselessly than they had been doing and once someone called in a quick sharp tone then a summons came for mr mackenzie it was not business this time for in response to the hurriedly whispered message he went at once the trained nurse looked her inquiries but Rebecca shook her head. There was nothing that she could tell, but in her heart she knew what had occurred. End of chapter 16